We've won again. This is good. But what is best in life? How about... Howdy, 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 folks. It is time for another episode of Garage Gamer. And with me, as is becoming usual for Garage Gamer, is our good buddy, Christopher Barnett. Christopher! Hello, my friend David. How are you? I am fantastic. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Also glad to be back on. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. You're becoming the regular Garage Gamer staples, and uh, it's, it's working, so I hope this keeps going. Well, I mean, there's so many good games out there, of which this is one, so I'm happy to do it. Yeah, that's the thing now. <laughs> With uh, you, you being uh, just your 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 uh, what we call it uh, general gaming now mostly game slot not, yeah that's well I mean not so much as tabletop war gaming a little bit less these days well I mean travel for four years and suddenly you have to light your load uh, right. as much as you can and miniatures are not light. Right, but I'm saying we when we get together, we're mostly playing lots of different board games. So a lot of board games you, these days, yeah. You, that seems you are to be the a, trend. A natural fit for the garage gamer well, here. I'm happy. I'm happy to do it. All right, so today, today, we are talking about racial differences notwithstanding, just a couple (laughs) of friends here, playing Big Trouble in Little China. You leave Jack Burton alone. He showed great courage. Uh, So this game is kind of awesome. It really is. It's a love letter to to the movie itself. And it's 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 really well put together. So I mean, just as an intro, um, before we get to the, you know, the the, the our final reviews or, or some of the nitty gritty, uh, the game uh, general overview. Um, if if you like Big Trouble in Little China, this is a pretty darn good game. I mean, it's a, I think it's a decent game in general. But I think if you like Big Trouble in Little China, this is a this is a quality game. Yeah, I mean, you you probably want to have some sort of investment into Big Trouble in Little China, the movie. Yes. But that being said, if you have a friend who's into Big Trouble in Little China, and you come over and you think to yourself, well, I don't know, will I like it? You probably will. It's pretty fun. It is fun. Um, there's a lot of setup involved, and there's a lot of moving parts. So in the beginning, it seems a little complicated. Yeah, it reminds me of the same feeling I get sometimes the first time you unbox a Fantasy Flight game. Yes. Where there's a lot involved. Okay, well, let's punch these out. Let's count this up. Let's read this rule book maybe twice. <laughs> yeah, it took us a long time to play the first game, and it took us a kind of a long time to play uh, the second game. Now that we know it, uh, the longest real part is, is setup because there is a lot of setup for this game. Yeah, a lot of different cards, a lot of piles that you have to keep separate. Yeah, um, but the, the time investment is worth it. Yeah, it's it, and it's it's one of the more interesting games I've seen in that um, it's a two sided board because the game plays in two acts, like 
like much like the movie, the first half of the game, uh, as you guys are scrambling trying to complete little quests and 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 build up your 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 skill levels and stuff like that, is played outside in the little China area with some of the different locations from the movie. You're running on the streets between the restaurants and the and the Wing Kong Exchange and the White Tiger. Um, all of these different places, and then once you hit a certain point, you reach Act Two, uh, where you literally flip the board, and that's Lopan's lair. So then you're inside taking on Lopan and the storms, right? Where you're facing off and actually trying to solve it once and for all. Yeah, and uh, the 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 game it, it it's not uh, you don't have all day. Like the game may take a while, but there is a, there is basically a timer running on both of these acts. Yeah, you will not be able to do and accomplish everything you would like to do in the first act before you're sort of shoehorned into the second. Right, you're, you're going to be there faster than you want to. Yeah, you're kind of getting in there with what you managed to muster up quickly. Which once again, as we said, if you like the movie, um, it plays to that spirit of the film, where these guys are sort of. In a situation that they are not necessarily prepared for. Some some characters rise to the challenge more gracefully than others. Yes. Wang Chi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, I suppose we should mention this. Christopher and I have been discussing this for a while before we recorded this episode. There are so many moving parts. The nuts and bolts of this game. We're not going to get into every last detail. Because A, there's a ton of moving parts. And B... Without seeing what we're talking about, like some of these things may not make a ton of sense. Um, so we're going to give our overall impression of it. We're going to go into some detail about you know the mechanics and how things work. But in general, we just want to give you a feel for the game and and uh, get across uh, kind of I think our enthusiasm for it. Well, should we maybe jump into the basics first, which is. If it's not already obvious, this is a uh, this is a it's a multiplayer cooperative game. Yes, there are six different characters from the movie that you can play, and uh, the most obvious would be Jack Burton, uh-huh. Wang Chi, Egg Chen. Uh, you can also be Eddie, Eddie, uh, Eddie Lee, uh huh, or Gracie Law, or Margot Litzenberger. Right, those are the six characters. Yeah. Now it's a one to four player co op game. Um, what's interesting is. You can pick your, we, you know, we all pick our characters, and you get a character card, and we'll go into the character card in a bit. But if you're not playing a full four characters, they have what's called companion cards. And you get to pick, it's the same six characters, uh, but instead of being a big player card with a big, you know, with all your little slots and, and, and keeping track of stuff, you basically get a simple uh, small card, which... Um, you're going to use them to, comp- to to bring your number of players back up to four. Right. So if it's just you and I playing, Chris, let's say we're playing Jack and, and Wang, then you get to pick from Eddie, Gracie, Egg, and Margot, and each of their cards basically gives you a little bonus, uh, a special ability that's usable once per act, so once on each side of the board, and then... Um, you get an extra. You get to start off with an extra die, um, which is important, and you'll see later. But so, even if you don't have four players, you're going to get a little bit of a bonus for those players that maybe aren't 
you know aren't, aren't being actually played by an actual person they're still going to be there to support your your characters um, we've never played it just one player I've meant to but I've never had the time to just sit down and play all this all by myself but we've played with two three and four I suppose there's no reason why you couldn't just play with more than one character I mean it's co-op enough where that really wouldn't be an issue would it no you could do that um yeah, you could just take two character cards and then give them each a, a companion. I would think that that would probably be the most well, approachable way to play solitaire. But it would be interesting. I think it would be interesting to at least try it with oh, one player. One character, three companions? Yeah. I well, mean, there's rules for it. I mean... You'd be sort of a super character from the start. If yeah. the, the, the companion... Your character starts with a certain number of action dice, and those action dice kind of dictate what you're going to be able to do from turn to turn without going into the details and how they work but you have a certain number of dice you start with three right but with companions they each give you an each companion will give you an extra die so with that many dice at the start of the game you're really going to be kind of a super character you'd have six right and there's a potential in the game as you level up to gain two more dice right so you could conceivably wind up with eight dice um, which is really i mean quite powerful but you need that if you're only playing the one character now Let's try to give a quick overview of how the game works. So, like I said, you start off on the on the board, and you start off in, um, and okay, I'm going to assume some knowledge of Big Trouble in Little China if you're bothering to listen to this episode. Okay, and I think we kind of have to just because otherwise we've got to go into a much greater detail what all these little things are and mean. I think they're kind of assuming that there's some of this, like when we mention places and stuff like that on the board. Yeah, I mean, even if you right. haven't seen it, the first board is basically a fictionalized version of San Francisco's Chinatown, which right. is where the movie takes place. Yeah. So this is the, the first half of the map, the first act of this game is you and other players, if mm -hmm. other people are playing, representing one of the characters from the movie, running around Chinatown, taking on quests. There are quests that you would pursue uh -huh. that will help you level up. Uh, hopefully giving you more gear, higher, more dice. Right. Anything that will give you a leg up to actually have serious kung fu later on in the game. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, you got your overview of the board. You've got different locations. And it's almost kind of like if you're playing Clue. A little bit. That's what where, it kind of looks like. Yeah. yeah. The board itself looks a little like that. You've got, you know, the tops of the buildings with all the roofs cut off so you can see the little rooms inside as you can go into and out of different buildings, different areas. Um now, there's the streets and the buildings, and at the bottom of the board, you can step onto the sewers to go underground, um, and that's actually another part of the movie that happens. So what you can do is you can go, like, there's a, a green, a blue, and a purple sewer. So now you can go uh, from the board, from the main board, in the streets, there's little manhole spots, and you mark it, and you can go right down into that sewer. You can cut across the underground to the different sewers to get up. And uh, save yourself movement time. Um, but then you can also do like super jumps where you can just come out into any color. But if you do that, you got to roll to see if you wind up getting hurt because that's, that's where you're, you're taking dangerous routes. So movement around the board um, even follows some of the elements of the game where you can take little shortcuts underground underneath Chinatown. Yeah, like your your clue analogy, this would be going from the conservatory to the, yeah, the kitchen the, the hidden the <laughs> hidden place behind the behind the you know the behind the bookcase or something except like in that. this case the path might have an ancient fish monster yes <laughs> <laughs> now how this works is first of all we all start off in the restaurant um 
which is where the movie kind of, you know, the, the good guys all sort of gather around in the movie in the restaurant. So we all start off in the restaurant. Now, there are several what you call tracks on the board. There is the Big Trouble track, which, how many spaces is it? I believe it's... Is it 20? Six, seven, oh, no, 15? Yeah, I think it's 15. I think the 16th spot is where the, the act ends. I think they each have... Yeah, yeah 15. So now, so you start off on, on spot one, obviously, and when you get to the 16 spots, when you move forward 15 spots, then that's when the act ends. Now, how do you move forward? Um, oh, sorry. There's a big trouble track, which is when things are going well for the for Lopan, the, the, the right. head bad guy. Essentially, there's, yeah, the big trouble track is red, and that sort of is the advancement of... The negative occurrences. Yeah, the advancement of the evil plan. Now, there's the audacity track, which is green, has the same number of spaces. And if you can finish that one first, when that one reaches, it, whichever one reaches the top first, you're going to act two. If you if you progress the audacity track, that's sort of a measurement that you've done well. Yes. Meaning that if things go afoul too quickly, you'll flip the board over and do the round two the negative way. Or if you pursue the audacity track and you... Pursue things. So if you're doing too well, that ends the chapter early as well. Yeah, I mean, but you'd rather. I mean, you'd rather go the green route than the only, red route. You <laughs> only go to Act Two when one of these two routes reaches its end. You definitely want it to be the Audacity track. We've had we've had multiple playthroughs where we've been able to advance, flip the board over, uh, and it, <laughs> you're supposed to flip the board over. Yeah, to play Act Two through. Advancing both of these, that is to say, one and then the other, and you definitely would rather have the positive route. The red route is much more challenging. Well, and not only that, but when you set up, there's a card that you get that tells you how to set up the board for Act Two, and there are there's it's basically there's two sides of the card. One is set it up if you completed the Audacity track, and the other is set it up if you completed the Big Trouble track. Right, and so. If you complete the Big Trouble track first, then the minions of evil have advanced much more quickly than you have. So it's it's a tougher setup on the board. Just on the setup alone becomes more difficult for you. Um, now, some of the bonuses you get is if you if you're completing on the Audacity track, um, you're you're getting bonuses along the way. It should be mentioned that um, your characters develop. Through the accumulation of chi, yes, and chi is your experience points. When sure, you, when you get ten chi, you go up to level two or level three or whatever. When you're along the audacity track, as you advance it, every couple of spaces there is a collective plus five chi for everybody. Right. So if you advance the audacity track, you and every player will automatically start to level up. You'll get at least three levels because right. there's four spots along the track that is plus five chi. And then when you get to the very end of the track, it's plus 10 chi. Right out, right there, you're automatically getting a full level up. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let's let's talk about the character cards. Because once you pick a character, you get this large card with their picture. And the art is great, by the way. Oh, yeah. The art's really good. Everything looks... I mean, it looks like the guys from the movies. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, they got the license to do the guys from the movies. But, I mean, the everything looks top-notch. It looks exactly like them. It's not these sort of bad recreations or sometimes you get where it doesn't quite look like the person you want it to look like. No, everybody looks terrific in this yeah. one. I mean, even Margot, like, they did a great job. And the, the funny thing is 
normally who cares? Like, if you watch Big Trouble, it's like, I don't want to be Margot. But in this case, you kind of do. You kind of do. There's a definite reason to play her yeah. as well as everybody else. Now, they, um, they made her cool, which is crazy. Now, here's where you start to get all sorts of things going on in the game, okay? What sort of things? <laughs> well, okay. Once again, let's let's go back to the character card. Now, uh, you, you start off with 10 health, because you got a health meter, and zero chi. Now, when your chi gets up to 10, you level up and it goes resets to zero. Now, what is that? We'll get back to leveling in a minute. Let's just come back to it because it's much easier to come back to that later. Okay. Uh, your health is at 10. If your health ever gets to zero, technically you die, but your characters never die in the game. What happens is you reset it to 10. You move the big trouble track forward one space. Mm-hmm. So you come closer to the bad guys winning and you get what's called a hell card. And, and it's quite a stack of hell cards because... Chinese got a lot of hell. That's right. And the hell card is basically just a penalty to your character. Um, you can go to a spot where there's the Buddhist shrine on the board, which you can then remove your penalty. If you die again and receive another hell card, it just replaces the old one. So you only ever have one at a time. It's um, basically a... It's a negatrate. Yeah. It's just something that you have to deal with until, unless you want to actually take the time to get rid of it. And if there's one thing that playing through this has several times has taught us, and that is there's simply not enough time for it, for everything. Right. So it makes every move you make crucial. So you may just have to deal with the hell card. Right. Now, um, let's go. We've got to do a couple other things before we even explain. Even, okay. Even explaining how the dice work gets a little complicated. Which is why, yeah, you, I would say like almost sort of skim over it rather than dive right. deep because it'll sound confusing. Right. Now, what you need to know is, what? Are, so what are we doing on the top half of the board? How are we gaining up levels and doing stuff? There are quests. Now, there's actually several types of quests. There are little generic quests that are really easy to sort of accomplish. It tells you where the quest starts. You have to go to that space. All the spaces on the board are numbered. So it'll be like, put the little quest token there. You can go there and you can start the quest. Um, you put There's little crates that sometimes pop up randomly on the board. Uh, they You can go there and stop there and find little bonuses. But so there's a big stack of just random minor quests where you just have to co- usually complete one little thing and uh, you know get a certain dice roll, get certain things, spend certain things. Boom, you get this quest done, you get bonuses. Right. They're tiny bonuses. Then there's major quests. Now, the major quests, there are two for every character. So whatever characters you're playing, so if you're playing a one-player game, if I'm just playing me and Jack Burton, I randomly pick one of Jack's two quests, and that goes into the pile. Um, If we're playing four of us, then you randomly pick one of the two quests for each of the four characters, shuffle them up, put them in the pile. What you also put in the pile is if you've, if you know Big Trouble in Little China, you know there the big bad is David Lopan, but he has three minions called the Storms, Rain, Thunder, and Lightning. Mm-hmm. They also there's a there's a quest for each of them in there. Now you don't play them; it's a quest to sort of defeat them. The concept being an alternate path in the movie, which is you eliminate one of the storms before. Yes. Invading his temple. If you complete the quest, you will elim- Yeah, you do. Or you fortress, eliminate the storm whatever. before yeah. going after them, which is amazingly 
helpful <laughs> on the second half having one less storm to fight. Not just because there's no storm there, but you also get a piece of gear from the storm, which can help you. The, whatever character accumulates the gear, and that's the cool thing. That what one of the one of the things that make this game so fun is it's like it's like a one time role playing game. Yes. You actually develop your character a little bit. Exactly. Now everybody, so there's two different quests per character. You're going to randomly get one. Now I'm, let's go on the assumption we're playing with four players because mm-hmm. it makes it a little more fun. So there's four quests randomly rolled up in here, plus a fifth quest from one of the storms. Okay, right. You shuffle them all up, and you and then two are out front. So you never know not only which of the well, there's thirteen actual quests available. Um. You never know which ones you're going to play, and then you might not actually get all of them. Like, it, depending on how you shuffle it up, you know, oh, it's Margot's quest and uh, and Eddie's quest, and so it's like, oh, well, I wanted to go on my quest, but it hasn't even shown up yet. If you complete a quest, the next one will pop up. But completing quests is one of the things that earns you audacity, and so there's no way to complete them all before the audacity track fills up, and you have to go to the other side of the board. What would what you and I are discussing off the microphones earlier is that these quests kind of they make the game um, a reimagining of the movie where perhaps Jack Burton isn't the hero; he's just a supporting cast. Uh-huh. And if there's a quest out there for Wang, then he becomes the character, like the main star, and you really almost want to pursue that to develop him. Or maybe it's Margot's story today. And they've expanded the the game so that you've got a lot of other things going on. Before that, like it, it doesn't. It, you're not playing out the movie. Right. You're playing out the characters and the different things that are in in their lives in this. The only thing that's really the same, the same, other than like the locations and the feel, is at the end, you got to face Lopan. Right. You, you got to defeat Lopan. He's still doing his thing, and you still got to stop him. But the way you get there isn't necessarily. The same. Well, by by nature of the game, the fact that one of us could be playing Gracie Law means that Gracie isn't one of the persons being potentially married at the end of it, right? You no, know, so she's, she's she's fighting the whole time. Yeah, she's fighting with us. Um, oh, I even forgot to mention this game comes with a ton of fantastically sculpted models. Um, mine are not painted because I've got too many other projects, but. It comes with Lopan, the Three Storms, the Wild Man, that like monsters, that beast, yeah, thing, the beast yeah. character, all six of the the characters we talked about, and then the little minion, the enemy minions that wind up on the board, uh, the Guardian, which kind of looks like a beholder from D anD D. Yes, uh, so, yeah, you've got uh, the security guards mm-hmm. from the Wing from Kong the Exchange. Bank, yeah, you've got Hatchet Man, but you know the guy swinging the hatchets in the fight in the street. Um, you've the, got the six shooter, the revolver guy. Yeah, the six shooter revolver guy. Uh, you had, like you said, the guardian, which is that that the beholder, the thing. floating head. Yeah, the spirit path warriors, which are the guys in all the golden armor walking around. Yeah, if you if you've seen the movie, it's the one where Jack Burton kicks out his knife; it gets stuck in his boot, and and yeah. he ends up like falling on top of him for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's also Lords of Death, street gang punks from Chinatown. This isn't good. What are they doing here? So- <laughs> So, there's all of, like I said, there's so many moving parts. That's why it's really hard to explain what's going on. Um, the game the game partially plays plays itself. You are, whatever quests are dealt with at the beginning of the game, often this sort of dictated how we played our game. Oh, yeah. One of us becomes, okay, well, 
my quest isn't out there. How about if I am your bodyguard? I'm just going to follow you around, and I'm going to act as support for you. It should be mentioned that whatever character you play at the beginning of the game, you have uh, you have your own special ability. What's the name of the cards that are your special abilities? And oh, you right. To, okay, you have well, to the, choose. Yeah. Okay. So what you do is you get everyone gets a special ability card. Like here, Jack Burton's, and every special ability, by the way, right. has two things on it. Now, one is the co-op ability, which is sort of a passive ability that's on the whole game, um, but it 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 only works like. Like Jack's co-op ability is when sharing a space with another hero, he gets one extra success on all his combat rolls. So if he's with someone else, he does better because Jack's got to rise up to the occasion. And that's always on both Act 1, Act 2. Now, you can choose the special ability instead, and that's usable once per on act. Each, per act. Um, Jack's special ability is called, it's all in the reflexes. If Jack would die in combat from a strike back damage, uh, whatever that means, from any enemy attack, instead flip the token, prevent all the damage, and deal one damage to the enemy. So, and the thing that should kill Jack, nope, I I hit you back and I, you know, I catch the knife, rip it right in your forehead. Like, that's what Jack does. Everybody's got one of these. So you can either take the... Pa- and sometimes the passive one's really good depending on who you're playing with. I found, actually, the passive one is really good as long as you know you're going to be the support. It also dictates when you play around, um, like, everyone gets a chance to play a turn, and then the board sort of plays its own turn. Mm-hmm. I find it's very useful uh, if you take the passive ability that's always on. Like, usually it has to do with you being in the same space as somebody else. You almost want to go last. Yeah. You know, or like you Gracie. Wanna... Gracie has line of sight. When when Gracie's in line of sight with any hero, plus one defense. Why? Because... That's very powerful. Gra- and Gracie, it, I mean, they're constantly protecting. Her. Right. So if anyone can see her, they'll make sure that she's getting a little extra defense. You know? Now, we have to say... <laughs> Wang Chi... He's he's pretty strong. His co-op ability, meaning if he's sharing the space with another hero, uh, if he's in the same space as you, um, you 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 get he gets to move extra far away if he chooses to move for his action. He gets an extra space of movement, right? Which is decent. That's actually re- any other character that'd be really good. I consider that the lesser of the two for him. But the problem is his one special ability is he just gets to take a whole extra turn. Well, that was fun. Let's do it again. Which, at certain points in the game, just, oh, I can take a whole, oh, look, we can't defeat them, but if you do a whole second turn, you probably can defeat whatever it is you're facing against. Well, when you consider, if you've seen the movie, toward the end, when he's fighting against Rain, one of the storms, and both him and Rain leap into the air, I think there's like a hard seven or eight second count where he's in the air. So, by the end of the movie, he's kind of a superhero. And by the end of the game, if he's played right, he can, he's, he's a real kind of a superhero. He, so he, getting he an go, extra turn, he's probably the most powerful. There's a he's arguably the most powerful character in the game. Wang Chi strong. His only his only drawback is um, he does not come at least not initially. With a ranged attack, so he has to do all of his fighting in the same spaces as enemies, right. which means they can all hit him back. On the other hand, different characters have different purposes. You could say right. Wang is is um, Wang and and Jack really are there for fighting, right? Um, whereas like Egg and 
uh, Margot and uh, and um, Lee. Uh, Eddie. Eddie. Thank you. Jeez, I couldn't think of his name. Eddie Lee. Both all just about the rest of them all have like variable uses, but they're very good at the at the first chapter of the game where they're like trying to solve quests. Mm-hmm. Several characters are actually very good at solving quests. Yeah, like, they can fast track them, which helps everybody advance and level up. Which is why, it, which is why you don't always just take Jack and Wang. Although it's fun to just take Jack. and oh, Wang. Oh, it's great. I mean, you need a bodyguard. So I mean, you really want to have at least one game with a bodyguard, like either Jack or you don't have to. Right. You can play the game without them, but that's playing. That's a little bit challenging, I think. Yeah. But and I mean, we haven't even gotten into gameplay. This is just see, this is why we told you there is so many moving parts to this game. Once you know what you're doing, it's actually really a simple game to play, and it moves along rather quickly. But great googly moogly, there's so much going on. It also means that there's a lot of replayability. Yes, because because every character plays differently. Every character has multiple ways of playing. And when you get your character and you get your quests, okay, each quest has. Like, usually four or five things you have to do. So it's like, complete this, and then you move your quest token to another spot, and that leads you to another spot on the board, which you have to then go to and complete another thing. So it's taking a while. Um, and then, just to add a little more complication, several of the characters, uh, one of their two quests, you'll get to a, uh, a, like a fork in the quest where you have to pick... Do I want to do this or that? And then you actually will switch out the quest card for a different quest card with different right. So things every to do. quest has multiple endings with yes. multiple results. And yeah. there's maybe an easy way, maybe a hard way, or maybe an, if you, an, you can an, take an audacious way, way. Or and yeah. the easy way is totally acceptable, but you might not gain audacity from that. And sometimes the quest will continue even if you failed certain steps. You'll just get a lesser result. Yeah. You'll get like a lesser result, or you'll add, or it'll add a penalty to you. Like, but oh, you did just you fail? Keep going. Well, this will just keep the story going. However, this is the result of your failure. You're surrounded by three guys, <laughs> or something bad. Yeah. Now, one of the other things is you get a quest book with this. So when you get your quest, it says, "Oh, this quest is, uh, you know, quest. Uh, you know, go to go to the quest book. Go to." Uh, Quest three, quest for the dragon sword, and you literally one of the people to your left or right picks it up, and it comes with uh, flavor text which you're supposed to read, which is from the character's point of view. So, like when you get a quest for Jack, um, you know, one I think he's got the first quest. Yeah, a quest son of a bitch must pay. You know, and so you get th- this reminds me. Have you ever played? I think it's called Betrayal. On the House of the Hill? Yes. Yeah, I, that's actually not my favorite game, but I like this version a lot more. I guess it's just the theme. I like this. Right. So the, the replayability, I mean, that's what, a 50-page book? It is. So, I mean, going 90. Through, so going through that is going to take a long time. We haven't done all of the different quests, no. all the different parts. No, no, no way. So, you know, you think, well, there's 13 quests, um, so... Oh, uh, geez, and you know, if you add in the different splits in it, that's pro- probably almost you know seventeen or eighteen different quests. But once again, remember, you're not going to have time. If we're playing a four-player game, there's five quests in there. If we get two done, we're pretty good. If we get three done, that's a g- we did great. Yeah. But th- what's cool about this is that I mean, Big Trouble in Little China is a single movie that all of us who've seen it probably can quote backwards and forwards, and they've turned that one movie into something that we can replay and replay and replay and get a different experience every time. And they've, like I said, they've built side things in. Like, you get to see that, oh, Eddie has actual... Remember, Eddie comes in and, you know, he, he's he got info 
well, how does Eddie get info? Well, Eddie's got connections. So if you're on an Eddie quest, he's out getting info. And, I like and Eddie's quest yeah. a lot, actually. Yeah, he's he's like he's got the connections with the Chang Sing. Uh huh. They're not a gang. They're fighting Tong. Um, yeah. So uh, for those who haven't seen the movie, it's like a friendly gang, a happy gang of nice people, right? <laughs> who know kung fu. Um, so you read your little flavor text, then you read what's happening in the quest, and then you get choices. It's like, I can do this or that. And then you have to stop reading. You don't tell them what they're going to get until they make their choice of what they're going to do. Then they have to do it. Uh, a lot of it is down to rolling dice. We haven't even gotten to any mechanics yet. This is all just the cool flavor of the game. Now, let's try to get to some mechanics. All so right, all, right. all of our characters are going to start off in the restaurant on the board. Now... Before the game even starts, you have these things called Big Trouble cards. Okay, Big Trouble cards are next to the Big Trouble check. You flip the first one, and at the bottom of every uh, Big Trouble card, it spawns some enemies. So it'll tell you, depending on how many players you have, like if we're playing, I flipped this one. If we're playing with only one or two players, you get one Wing Kong six shooter, and it tells you where on the board he shows up. If you're playing with three or four players, you get the six shooter plus a hatchet man. If you. Excuse me. If you want to play what they call the director's cut, which is playing at 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 a heart at an expert level, then there's another thing added to that. So you spawn these enemies on the board, and um, that's how you start the game. You just flip that, so you have some enemies on the board. Now we go first. You go clockwise, but each each turn, each round. Uh, the players are allowed to choose who goes first. Right. So kind of where you're sitting and what's going on, but it's like. Ooh, I should go first because I should do this thing to set us up. Or you know what? Let's let me go last so that I can play the anchor and make sure to sleep. and take advantage of my ability to get bonuses when I'm in the same space as somebody else, or right. in a line of sight, or just that way I can see the, how the board's set up and where I'm needed. Now, how do you? How do we do what it is that we want to do? We and it starts off with you get those three dice we talked about. Now let's assume there's four players playing, so we just start off with the three dice. Right. Starting for the normal game. If you play with less characters, you you get a bonus. You start up a bit on the audacity track, which will give you some extra chi and give you those extra dice. But let's let's talk straight game without the bonuses. You get three dice, and these dice uh, they have uh, well, and once again, body, mind, and spirit. The three focuses on your uh, uh, you know from from the, the guys in big trouble. Um, now, there's two symbols for the body, which is the one-finger block, if you know the game, two for the mind, which is a little scroll, and two for the spirit, which is a yin-yang. Uh, now, you roll these, and those aren't even the dice that actually roll to see if you succeed. That's just seeing if you're focused on your body, mind, or spirit. Now, each character has four slots for those dice, and some of those slots are highlighted. So basically what you can do is you look at what you need to do and then you slot your body, mind, or spirit, and then that's how many. Then you get the the actual dice. It's complicated, and you have to kind of look at it. All you really need to know is there are certain highlighted spots, and those are called epics. So, like Jack Burton, he his first couple of body spots are epic because he's Jack is a physical guy. So, I mean, he's going to do his best work when asked to do physical. He gets uh, no tasks. Yeah, he gets no epic mind until you until you get to the last slot the fourth slot if he uses that much mind it goes epic but he's not a thinker he's a doer um epic dice basically have our better dice now when i'm talking about uh, the dice and I, I and i know it sounds a little vague here but once again there's just so much going on um 
your basic die is going to have certain symbols on it. So you're rolling to see if you can do stuff, especially like if you're in fights, you're going to roll it. Your basic die has two spots, or no, three of the spots have a single success. Right. So half the die is just, okay, I got a success. There is one side that has double two successes, two successes and then two sides that have a little danger mask, and the little the demon mask basically means no successes. However, if you ever roll three or more demons, you immediately lose three health. So, it's, you know, rolling a ton of dice is great if you've got them, but you can also just completely screw yourself up. It increases up. the chances of you actually botching. This, the, it, yeah. the, the dice include a failure mechanic. Now, sometimes during the game on quest, it'll be like, oh, you just have to spend a two mind die and a spirit die. So then, like you're on a quest, you just kind of slot them. They're used up. And you don't have to actually roll anything. But most of the time, you're going to get into combat, and you're fighting guys on the street, and so you just slot your little dice in there, and they count for this. But now, if you get your epic dice, epic dice, you have only one demon instead of two, or, yeah, instead of two. Um, And then you have... What is it? You've got one. I think it's got ones, twos, and a three. You got two single successes, two double successes, and a triple success. So much better on the epic die. So when you're fighting, basically, um, your minions all have cards. All the bad guys have cards. Um, they've got a movement rating, a fighting rating, and a health rating. So like the Lords of Death are the basic cheap guys. They've got three health. So if I'm attacking them, I need to roll up at least three successes to take one out. When you take out bad guys, you get chi. So right. the chi is you know helping you level up. A lot the, the the role playing game element of it. Right. You defeat the bad guy, you get experience points that'll help you level. So basically on everybody's turn, you're you're kind of rolling dice, looking at what you can do, where you can get the better dice. Oh, you know I this is going to be harder. I want to get those epic dice. I need bonuses. I need to get this. Um and three dice is not a lot of dice. No, it's definitely not. You're you're going to be suffering a little bit with uh, there's like a uh, how do I put it? At the very beginning of the game, every combat is kind of dangerous. Yeah, you, there's a real chance you'll lose. You have to seriously consider whether or not you even want to approach the combat. But combat's really simple though, because okay, this guy's got three health. I need to roll three. If I get three damage because he's got three health or three defense, whatever, I take him out. If I fail. He doesn't die. Either you don't just you don't add up, you know, tokens. You just nope, you didn't do it. Right. And he's got something called strike back, and it shows you how much if you don't kill him, he's gonna hit you back for X amount of damage. And once again, if you get down, then you get the hell cards and you're moving along your big trouble track. Um So everybody get oh, we forgot to mention one other thing. Every character has four um like they're 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 basically uh, special uh, special ability cards. They're little, they're tiny little special cards, and they're double sided. There's the regular version and then the, the epic, epic version. version. So when you start off, everyone starts off at level one. So you get four abilities to choose from, and you pick one, and it starts off on the normal level. Right. Like okay, for Jack Burton, you always take his tactical submachine gun because that gives you a ranged weapon. Assuming that's the way you're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, probably well, I mean, the best way. To we've go. never not taken it as the first one. Okay. Um, what does a ranged weapon mean? That means as long as you can see a uh, see another, uh, as long as you can see an enemy, have like straight line of sight to them, you can attack them from range. And if they don't have range and you fail, they can't hit you back. 
the the map the first half of the map is basically buildings and then streets and if you can see all the way to, like the street doesn't block line of sight so if you're one end of the street you can see them on the other end you can shoot them yeah there's no limit it's not like oh i can only shoot so far if you can see them you can shoot at them and so, only so range two combat the, is a pretty good advantage. Well, only two of the six minions have ranged abilities. So right. now if you shoot at the guys who have guns and you miss, they will shoot you back. But it doesn't now. So you start off with your one card, and every time you get 10 chi, you level up. So when you get to level two, you can do one of two things. You can switch your card to its epic version, which gives you bonuses, um, or you can take another card. So then suddenly, and there's four cards total you can have. So as I, when I hit level two, I can either flip to epic or I can have two cards. Right. When I flip to level three, now level three and level five, which actually isn't that hard to get to if you're killing a lot of enemies. You can really get there. Right. Um, level three and level five are the only opportunity in the game that you have to get extra dice. So we start off with those three red dice, the body, mind, spirit dice. At level three, you get a fourth die, or you can take another card or level up. I, we've never done that. Like you take that die, you would, you would, you'd be stupid. The, you, no, I mean it'll, I, it's almost not an option. You take yeah. the extra dice. You have yeah. to. I it, mean, it's it listed as an option, but we've never not taken it. It cripples you if you don't. Yeah, so take it. So at level three and level five, you don't can take an extra die. Uh, once you hit level six, you can take another. Once again, you can take a card or level up your card to the epic form. After level six, there's no little tokens to denote it, but every time you hit 10 chi, it's just take another card or level up. Right. So, you know, you can just keep going I, with that. I think in all the times we've played, I've hit maximum upgrades once ever, I think. There's a couple times we've played where we've gotten like, because I remember one time we were just cranking. I think I was flipping that level six a couple of times. It was getting oh, yeah, silly. Oh, you, yeah, you. Yeah, because we had some really good games. Now, once again, so many moving parts. Um, we haven't even gotten to the Fate track, which is even more bonus dice in that a, are really cool because... In a nutshell, the Fate track is six extra dice. Yeah. You, you generate what those dice are. because the, the Oh, if you've played Warhammer Quest, it's almost like that where you roll the number dice, except... The new version of Warhammer Quest? Yeah, we remember we played it at your house, and you had the you had the dice up on the side, and you could pick them if you needed them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on this, you basically roll the dice, and it's random. You've got uh, the, the body, mind, and spirit can show up, but you can also get automatic successes that... And you can take one in your turn if you need it. Um, the, the problem with the Fate Track is you can use a die to help you through a situation where it's like, I don't think I can do this without Fate Dice. But every time you use a Fate Die... After you, you're done using it. You have to roll in a chart. And half of the time, you're fine. The other half of the time, you have to pay sort of a penalty. And there's a list based on... There are six dice, and they're all in order, one through six. If you take... So like die a, number yeah. two, you have to roll in the chart and suffer the number two consequence, which in this case is what? Uh, all Your hero loses five chi. If, so you got a 50-50 shot of just using the die and being fine and a 50-50 shot of either losing health or losing chi or you're, or or you're, you're fine, and but everyone around you loses health or chi. So it forces you to talk to your... Yeah, hey, guys, your, do you mind if I use this? Now, I'm, in the beginning of the game, when you have almost no chi... You know, that second one, the hero loses five chi. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, whatever. I don't have any chi to lose. It doesn't matter. Um, the sixth die, if you fail on that one, you die. So, boom, you get a hell card. You move the card. Now, the interesting thing with even the fate track is once you've used all six dice, you just re-roll them and start over again. So there's always fate dice to be used. 
so many things happening. But so I think we now that we've kind of listed out the bajillion things that are going on, let's try to go through the basic mechanics of your turn because this is where it gets fun. Right, right. So you, like we said at the start of the game, you have three dice. You're going to be rolling your dice just to generate these mind, th- body, and spirit. Mind, see what body, you can and do. spirit. And you're if you're Jack, you're kind of hoping for a lot of body. Cause, yeah. But and if you're if you're egg, I think it's mind and spirit. Yeah. But um, everybody's got the same number of little epic slots out of the twelve slots because you get four for spirit, four for mind, four for body. Everybody, I think, has six of those 12 can be epic, but it's a different combination. And you have to lay them in order. So you have to start from that first area. So you can't just automatically go for your epics. Um, so if you got three dice and Jack rolls um, like three mind, well, his first three mind slots are all normal. So he's got no epic chance there at all. Right. It's a little bit hard to describe yeah. on the microphone, but basically... Each character plays differently. Yeah. You've got different special abilities, and the dice that you use, they they can bump up from regular to epic based on the die roll. <laughs> right. Now, the other thing is you've only got four slots on your card for each of those things, body, mind, and spirit. So once you get over four dice, there's a chance. I mean, and it's a small chance unless you wind up with a ton of dice. Like normally if we're playing four players, the only thing you can have is five dice. Now if you're playing less players, like you said, you get extra dice for those companions. But let's say I had five dice. If I rolled all five mind or body or spirit, I can only use four in any given turn. So if you roll over four of any one symbol, those dice are actually wasted. So that's a little risk you run with having extra dice, but it, it's kind it, of a it, it's it kind of a up. year of plenty problem. Like you only have that problem if you've got a lot of dice to throw well, in the and, first and place. Think about it. If you, like with five dice, we've all played Yahtzee at some point in our lives. Mm-hmm. How often on the first shake do you roll a Yahtzee? Almost never. When never. you do it, it's like wow. So if you do it here, it's going to be rare, and you're going to be like, oh, but should have been playing Yahtzee, I guess. <laughs> so. You start off, and your characters, now you roll your dice, and you're going to slot your actions. Now, if you want to move, you use one of your body, mind, spirit dice. You slot that, and you can move two spaces on the board. If it's an epic slot, you can move three spaces. Right. So you just it's you running around the board um, trying to do these quests and build up your, your audacity, which build up your chi, build up your stuff. Um, you're shooting at enemies that are r- running around on the board. You're doing all this thing. Um, the general goal of this side of the board of the first chapter is to build up your chi. Yes. So that you want to level up. You want to have more of those upgrades to make your character more fit to survive and defeat Lopan later. And the only way to get that audacity track filled up is to complete quests. Quests are the way to go. And the mini quest, now there's, like I said, there's a stack of these mini quests, which is just do one thing. And if you succeed it, you get a little, a small bonus. Uh, you, sometimes there are little extra tokens that give you bonuses. You can find things. Um, the, the, the main, the character quests, you're going through five or six steps with big things to do. But when you finish this, all along the way, you're getting little bonuses. You might get a little extra chi, or you might move on the audacity track a bit. But if you finish the main quests, there's rewards. Correct. And the rewards are, those are phenomenal. Uh, Especially, once again, if you're Wang. Wang's, 
Wang's bonuses are just like, oh, um, two of your three, what is it? Is it Mind and Spirit? Mind and Spirit, I think. Yeah, Mind and Spirit dice are all counted as epic the whole game. It's like, wait, what? Like, he becomes a powerhouse. Now, that's one of the two quests. The other quest just gives him a sword, which makes him like a a killing machine. The, the potential for Wang to go over the top is, it, it occurs earlier on in the game. Um, quests are one of the ways to get audacity, but you can also start defeating your adversaries on the board, like the, the, the gang members and the... And you know Lopan's minions. If you could defeat them, you get chi for that as well. And you have to. I mean, if you don't, they're going to come kill you, and you're going to lose the game anyway. Right. Like one person usually at least is going to be pursuing those guys and trying to clear the path for everyone else to to get their quests. Right. And the person who is built to defeat the minions tends to level up very quickly. Yes, that's the other thing. If you kill, um, if you're lucky enough and you can kill a good three or four minions. In a couple of quick turns, you're suddenly level at level two, level three, um, and you're getting those extra dice, and now you, you you become formidable. Right. Whereas the person pursuing the quests, their chance they're a little more dicey. I mean, you 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 struggle at first to level up. You're, you struggle, but if you're doing the quest at each at each sort of spot along the way on the quest, there's five or six things to do, and each of those is at least going to give you a little chi or a little something along the way. Right. As long as you don't fail all of as, them. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's a definite risk. So we all take our turns. Okay, mm-hmm. we're doing our thing. Blah blah blah. There's a, like I said, you start, you flip one of these big trouble cards just to put minions on the board. Just doing the last portion of the card. Um, so we all take our turn, and then any of the minions on the board get to take their turn. And they're uh, basically they've got you know it's an AI system. Um, they all have a movement. Uh, stat. Right. You know, they can move two or three. Well, they can basically either move one, two, or three spaces. It's a matter of following the directions. They They're going to go toward the closest person if the two people are equidistant, follow the instructions, and they move X number of spaces. Right. And yeah, so yeah, if they're the same distance, I think you go after the guy who's got the most chi. Or it's either the most chi or the most health. Right. Highest level, most chi. Well, closest, highest level, most chi. Right. So Roll they're going to move towards those guys, and then if they get into the spot with you, they will, they will, they will attack you. Um, if they have ranged weapons, um, then they don't have to be in the same spot with you. If they move and they have line of sight to you, they will shoot at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then basically you get a, a stat with some defense dice, and they just have an attack stat, and that's an automatic. Like uh, the Lords of Death, which are like I said, the basic guy. Um, they've got a attack. It's not range. It's a melee attack, and it's three. Right, those are the, the the Lords of Death are the street punks who, right. if they're in the, the movie, they're the ones at the airport. They're pretty much the weakest one there. They right. got a three, so you get a couple of dice, you roll, and however many successes you get negates that attack. Correct. So they're going to hit you for three every single time they hit you. Your defense die says how many of that you can remove. Um, the guys with guns, guns always uh, do five damage, so those are actually pretty powerful. Um, and then if you get ridiculous, you've got oh these are actually the hard level cards, so maybe they're not as strong as that. Um, oh, that's the other thing. Depending on how many characters play, you randomly swap out your minion cards with the hard ver- with a slightly better version of them. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're playing with more guys, the game gets a little easier because you've got more people that are taking their turns, and so the game makes you 
make them a little tougher. Oh yeah, Lords of Death, they only have a two defense and a two attack on the normal version. They're, the, so, they're, the, they're, they're only a real threat, like on turn one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're actually, that's the thing. That's where you're kind of grinding out to get your chi during the game. Those are your, you know, the, the super easy minions. That's like when you're killing crabs in, uh. I mean, toward the end of the game, that's it, what, like, Wang Chi is just sort of brushing them aside to get it. Oh, sure. In one of the storms. But it's like if you're playing in, uh, like Skyrim or that, like in the beginning of the game, it's like, oh. It's a crab. Kill this crab. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, they're the crabs. You know, when you get to the other guys, they're much more powerful. But so. They move towards you, they attack you, and then the turn's over. Now, you you know reset your dice, reset all your stuff. Um, the, the purpose of moving around the map is based on whatever quest we're going for. The quest itself will tell you at the very beginning of the game, you're gonna, we're going to have two quests on the table like David described. And the quest will tell you, okay, to start this quest, you want to go to Gracie's pad or... Uh, you start off in the the restaurant, the Dragon of the Black Pool. You might have to go to the Wing Kong Trading Company. So you you basically have to navigate across the board, get to these spots. When you get there, you do that part of the quest, and then when that part's over, it's like okay, now you have to go here because it's literally telling out a story, right? And so you you might have to go through minions on the way, and uh-huh. you can run through them if you want to, or you can fight them. But if you run through them, you actually take auto damage. If you if you you can leave us if you're in a spot with minions. When you leave the spot, you can choose to run. But when you leave a spot that has minions in it, you take one damage for every minion in the spot. Right. And sometimes there will be three or four or five they, guys they, in a spot. You by really definition, want to... they do tend to clump up. So yeah. Um, an interesting thing, it, much like the the movie. If you've seen the movie, there's parts like when they're running away in the beginning when they're. When they, they, oh, you know, Jack, when they run away from his truck and the Lords of Death wreck it, hey, Wang Chi, and they go running, and then they just, like, dive into that, through that window mm-hmm. and close the window, and they all run by him like they didn't notice him. In the game, uh, you know, there's little white lines dividing all the little spaces on the board, but certain line, uh, certain parts have red lines. Like, all the doors to all the buildings have red lines, Okay. Minions, the bad guys cannot cross the red lines. So if they're chasing you down the street and you're really in trouble, you can duck into a building and they will just pile up outside the door if you're the closest until someone else gets closer and then they'll leave. But you can do that. And most of the buildings have two doors, so you can run in one end, fly out, run out the other end if you're in trouble. There are ways to evade if you need to evade. Yeah. Like I think the first couple of rounds we played and I played Egg Chen, Egg isn't... He's not beefed up at the beginning of the game. He's not necessarily beefed up at the end of the game. I think you were saying earlier, if you had one thing you could change about the characters, is maybe give Egg a little I, bit. I of expected a, him to be more of a beef, a magical beefcake toward the end. I mean, he's like considering that Gracie and Margot have some really cool abilities and do stuff. Like Egg has been underwhelming. Egg is really he's built to solve quests. He's there as a support and to solve quests, but at the cost of him not being necessarily very good at any sort of combat. And I could, I guess I could argue that I suppose that makes sense. For most of the movie, he's not really... He shows up with a potion. He yeah. guides people to fight, but he doesn't do a lot of fighting himself until the end when he does, he actually. Well, yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, I mean, but um, each character has their own sort of benefits and and. And, uh, I'm just so nervous that we're not getting the cool like the idea of this across because once again there's so many moving parts and I apologize if this is confusing. Now, by the way, there are some really cool if you go just to YouTube and look up the Big Trouble in Little China 
game. There are a couple of YouTube videos. Like even we were reading the instructions. And there was so much going on. We watched the video, and the, some of the videos kind of show you the pieces and show you how it works. That makes this a little clearer. The mechanics become a little clearer. Um, what we really want to get across is just how cool. Like it's 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 it is. It's a lot like Warhammer Quest. It's like a role playing game built into a board game. I like the fact that it does feel like a role playing game. I mean, it's it's a one off role playing game. Yeah, um, and but we've played it a dozen times, and it's never been the same game twice. Like no, even when sure. we get the same quest, like we we've come to know a couple of the quests. It's like okay, it flips it. Oh, what does he got? It's the quest for the sword. Oh, okay, cool. Oh man, I wish it was the quest for the because the other one, the Wang's quest that isn't the quest for the sword. You're never going to do everything you want to do within the game. So every game is going to feel different because you've got the clock is always ticking. Right. the The first chapter is or the first act of the game is going to end before you want it to. Yeah, even, you, yours even is the you, mission to d- get as much done as possible before the inevitable. Yeah, even if you rush through and are really successful on the missions, after you complete two, maybe three of them, you've got enough audacity that it's going to be done. You're never going to get through everything, like you said. Right. Um, now, we we had our turn. Uh, I moved. I used my, my pieces. I moved around the board. I, we started a quest. We killed a few guys. The minions got their turn. Turns over. We reset our, our dice. We check all our stuff. And then you flip a big trouble card. And there's a stack of big trouble cards. And they give you um, something. It's funny. I just flipped the top one. This one's called, This Really Pisses Me Off to No End. Which, once again, if you know the movie. Now you've done it. You've gone and made the boss mad. Bright light streams from low pan's eyes and mouth shining across Chinatown. Effect. So then it, there's an effect on it. Some of them have nothing. Some of them actually aren't bad. This one, each hero loses two chi. So, great. We all lose two chi. Then, whatever's listed here, this is what you spawn. On this particular card, uh, it's a security guard and a guardian. And if we're playing four players, which we assumed, it's two more. So, it's three security guards and a guard. So, you got four guys spawning in this spot. That can be pretty rough. In the top corner, and this is the actually the most important part, is a number. It's usually bet- it's between one and three. And like I said, out of 18 cards, it seems like there's not a lot of ones in this deck. Um, I don't know what the exact breakdown is. What is the exact breakdown? Let's take a look. I here wish really I could quick. tell you, but it's a secret I swore I'd take to my grave. So there are six cards with a three on it. There's only three cards with a one on it. And then there's nine. Um, I think it's nine. It should be nine. There's 18 cards. Yeah, there's nine cards with a two on it. Now, what does that mean? That's how many spaces you move forward the uh, the cards on the uh, the spe- on the audacity track. The no, 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 the big trouble. I mean, the uh, big trouble track. So, yeah, I apologize there. Um, so, you it, fool. It may not seem like all that big a deal, but remember, you start on space one. Well, it means that the at, clock is ticking every yeah, turn at space sixteen. The, the big trouble track is full. So there's literally 15 spaces you can go, and you've got a third of the cards are three. Like, if you get if you get a bad shuffle and you get a bunch of threes on top, this is a five-turn game on the top half. Right. If, it, if it's that bad, <laughs> you're going to really struggle in the later half of the game. Yeah, it's just, it's rough. Um, so... Once again, you flip that. So what happens? The big trouble track moves forward. 
you have some sort of an effect, and more minions are on the board. There's been a couple of times that suddenly the minions start, uh, they're everywhere. And then it's like, okay, we're going to have to take a turn to try to clear the board. And it gives you a ton of chi and gives you a bonus. But if you're clearing the board of minions, you're not doing the quest. You're not going to be able to solve your quest. Uh, it should be mentioned that we talked about at the beginning of the game, each character has four special advantages, special abilities that could, in each one can be upgraded. There are two quests that David mentioned per character. If you, if you are lucky enough to get one of your quests drawn <clears throat> and you accomplish it, you have the potential to get like a fifth or sixth yeah, special well, that's ability. The, the reward card. And these, right. like I said, if you finish that quest, and we did mention that before, but these are just really good. Like it's, I mean, the cards you can take are cool, and the epic version is a nice bonus, and it all relates back to your character. But the quest stuff is just stupid, you know. Um, they're they're just, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to go into them real, but um, heck, one of them is the Pork Chop Express. Mm-hmm. Like Jack can actually find his truck. There's my truck, and so then you put the 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 truck in this street space closest to Jack once he gets it, okay? When Jack is in the same space as the truck, he can use one of his actions, put one of those die, the spirit, mind, and body die, that's an action, just put it in the slot, um, and then he can move the truck. So Jack and up to one other hero, so if Jack's in the spot with his truck, you can have someone sit in shotgun, they can move it to any street space on the board. So in a game where... You know, it takes one of your actions just to move two spaces, and it's a pretty big board. If, if, if you're the guy in the quest and Jack's got his truck, your quest, boom, we'll jump in the truck, and we're we're it's once we're there in one action. That's which is amazing. Huge. Um, but that's only really usable on the first side of the board because yeah, you some, can't take the truck with you. Some special abilities are like that, though. They only really benefit you up front. And they don't do you a lot of good once you start assaulting the fortress. True. Uh, and there are uh, literal abilities where it says to, you know, use this and discard it. Um, some of them are only good one. one. Uh, in fact, it's Egg. Egg Shen, he's got the huge buzz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, discard this guard to give all heroes plus five chi and plus five health, which is huge. Or give any one hero plus ten chi and full health. But that's a one-use bonus. Whereas other things are, most of them are, uh, you know, are passive things that that last the whole game. Uh, But once again, every, the the, the trick is, especially on the first side of the board, and Chris and I were discussing this before before the show, is you're, you're not playing Big Trouble in Little China the movie. You can't play Big Trouble in Little China the movie. You're playing the game, which means you have to follow the quests. Uh, for I mean, think about it this way: for those of you who are play, who play, who listen to this because you listen to the main show, Age of Sigmar, you're playing to the lore. If you play to the lore, you know which is what's going on here. You do much better. Like you, but you really like like you said, you have to focus. Whoever's quest comes up. That becomes your mission. One right. person's going to become kind of a bodyguard, and the other person's going to go for whatever their quest is. Yeah. So when Margo's comes up, you know you're going to play Margo's quest, and it may seem weird that Margo's in the lead, but this is what's happening right now, right here. And it usually pays off. I mean, it also means that for most of the game, 
you might just simply be a supporting character, and you have to be okay with that. That's who. That's what your role is today. Right. Um, oh, and by the way, for those of you who know the game and think, why would I want to be Margot? One of Margot's two quests, she finds this thing that turns her into the demon bride. It's one of the former brides of Lopan, or, you know, or these women who knew Lopan back in his olden days. Um, and you get the, her amulet and her spirits in there, and it turns you into this just, well, the demon bride. And suddenly... Margot becomes kind of a combat monster. Yeah, Margot, Margo, uh, her power level goes to 9,000. <laughs> what was really funny, though, is uh, when her chi, she can't level up in the Demon Bride form. So when her chi gets to 10, you literally have to take an action, a turn to go out of Demon Bride form so that she can level up her normal self. It's awesome. It's really cool. Um, they, they turn the character that everyone would make fun of into... I kind of want to try that. Well, plus, I okay, try that. Um, one of these big trouble cards we talked about where, you know, you flip it and you get stuff. Mm-hmm. One of them is the wild man. He, the wild man doesn't show up on the second act. So the big hairy monster from Big Trouble can show up on the street. And these guys, now they all have their own special big card similar to yours. Uh, Lopan, Thunder, Lightning, Rain, and Wild Man all have their things. Now they have a defense Wildman's is the weakest. He's only got a four defense. But when you attack him and beat his defense, he comes with, well, if we're playing a four-player game, he comes with three hit points. Mm-hmm. So if I roll and I do at least four damage, I knock him down one hit point. So you have to hit him three times right, to kill him. Now, that's the same thing with Thunder, Lightning, and Rain. Um, now, Thunder's got a defense of seven because Thunder is a behemoth thunder's a god right um they uh thunder lightning rain all have ranged attacks now the thing is lightning actually has the lowest defense but he's got the highest attack his attack is like seven yeah rain is like nice is like kind of perfectly in the middle rain's high defense high attack thunder is like all offense and i mean thunder is all defense and then uh well he's got a he's got a seven defense a six attack that's not bad. Uh, Rain has actually got the low. He's got a he's got a slightly higher. He's got a six defense and a five attack. So he's kind of in the middle. Yeah. Rain is a little more balanced. Right. Um, if you get the quest to attack and fight them, if you manage to take them out before you get to Act Two, then they're not. Not only aren't they in Act Two, but you get something from each of them, and their uh, reward is really cool. Like I kind of almost want. Like, you randomly shuffle up. You don't know which of the three storms you're going to get. But when you do get one of them, anybody can do that quest. Yeah, and it benefits just about anybody to have whatever item they drop. Yeah, like if you get Lightning's Hat, you get automatic plus two on all defense rolls. So remember when we said, well, these guys, they are, they have an attack level of two or three. Uh, basically, Lords of, Ch- Lords of Death can't hurt you. Because mm-hmm. your basic Lord of Death attack is a two. So... As long as you don't roll three demon faces, and why, why would you? You have your one or two defense. Just roll, roll your minimum, and you, you know, boom, you stop them. Um, we we said we really like uh, light, uh, lightning's tiger claws, or no, rain's, rain's tiger, tiger claws, claws. Uh, because it gives you an extra epic combat die. And when you take that action, you can direct that attack at two guys. So a really good roll can take out two enemies. So your chi starts stacking up. Um, with Thunder's Belt, all of your red body dice, when you roll a red die for body and you put it in there and you get a die, it counts as double. So suddenly 
you put on that belt and you become super strong. So, and in your epics, you'll get two epic dice. So there's big bonuses for taking them out. Now, we're playing the game. We're moving around. We got all these quests going on. And if if the quest, like let's say you're off on the side and you're far away from the normal quest, there's a fat stack of, like I said, those mini quest cards. And if you're near there, I'll take an action to just start the mini quest, flip it. If you can do it, great. If you can't, you just ignore it and move along. But there's only two mini quests out at any given time. And when you finish one, you throw an- another one into the slot to do. So if you if you ignore it after you flipped it, then there's nothing going to take its place. Some of their benefits are a little bit more temporary. Like there are, we haven't really talked about it much, but there are certain spaces on the board where there are little benefits. I think you mentioned the crates already. Right. Those crates might contain something positive for you. Um, I well, think in the black market space, there's like uh, fireworks, and that yeah. can that can help you. Yeah, eggs potions that'll heal you. There's little right. there's little tokens that are around the board that you can buy from the shops, but you can also just find them randomly in these quests. Sometimes the the mini quests that you per- perform will give you some of these like temporary benefits, uh-huh. but you can hold on to them until the second act. I mean, those are things that you can carry with you and use right. them, and they've. They have benefits. They they help you in some way, and um, otherwise they'll just give you chi or you know. There's all yeah, and there's all sorts of stuff. Like now, sometimes you have to do a skill check, and what a skill check is is you literally you have to roll your dice, and you just have to roll a certain amount of successes. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime there's a skill check, whether it's the big quest or the small quest, I'm just here. This one's called it's all in the reflexes. Skill check three. If you pass, you gain three chi. If you fail, you lose minus three health. You have to go to a certain spot on the board. And that quest is over. So skill checks, you pass or fail, it's over. It's not like you keep doing it till you pass. Someone took a shot at you. Right. Do or die, Yeah. You either pass. Now, if you... um, Other quests have things you have to do, like like it'll spawn enemies, and if you defeat them, you get a bonus. And I'm just looking at this... um, this one, if you're at the at the bank, it spawns three security guards. Yeah. If you defeat all the security guards, you gain one audacity. So you can actually move the audacity track along with these cards, too. So sometimes it's not bad to at least see what they have. It's another way of gaining uh, experience for everybody. We never got this card before. Well, what is it? Uh, Ching Dai. You know, his oh, God of the East. Got, yeah. Uh, combat. Spawn a spirit path warrior on the Buddha shrine. Two of them. Once defeated, continue reading. Success. While catching your breath, you exclaim, well, that didn't work, and vow to not tamper with mystical energies ever again. Move the threat token one space back on the big trouble track. Really? That's huge. You buy yourself an extra turn. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. So there's these. Get a, gain a shop item, gain full health, pass your skill check, plus one audacity, minus three chi. Hmm. Oh, that's no kiss goodbye. <laughs> Oh, okay. So you pass it, your audacity, but you lose some chi being a jerk. If you fail, two security guards pop up in the White Tiger. So once again, it's earlier in the game, so it could be different things. Cracker Jack timing. I mean, there's and when you read this, all of the little titles of the of the missions are all little stuff from the game, right? You know, no, they're all quotes. It's so I mean, quotes. these things sound, these things are nice to like if you're not quite going to be able to make it to the. Uh, to the major quest, you can sort of stop to where these are happening and potentially just crank something out real fast there. Well, and plus, if you're, if like, there's times when you're on the board and I'm fighting these guys to hold them off so you can run, and now you guys are doing the major quest all the way across the board, or you had to cut through the sewers, which, as we said, all right, so I dropped through the little green sewer and I'm in the sewer tunnels. Uh, I couldn't take turns running across to get to the main 
tunnel, or I just say, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to they're, – they're color-coded, but you can break the color code if you're willing to roll a die, and then you could have anything from nothing happened to something really bad. What's over there? What does that say on the board? It's, uh, you, if you roll a mask, that is uh, you lose five health. So yeah. you've got oh. a one-third chance of losing five health. If you roll a one success result, that's three health, and if you're lucky enough to roll the one and six, which is the two – uh, success result, then you don't lose any health. Right. But five health. I mean, that's half your health. Yeah, yeah. I mean... And once again, if you die, you don't die, but you take a hell card, which messes you up, and then your big trouble track moves forward again, which you ain't going to get your quests done. You can you can take one of your actions to heal. Yeah. That's an option you have, so you can get it back. You mm-hmm. can also, if you're full on health, you can actually take an action just to build your chi that, oh that's right i forgot about that so one of the actions so I, I have nothing really i can do like we've done all the things i don't really have anything to do so i can take one of my mind body put it down and gain health back now if it's an epic you gain ex- you gain a couple of health if it's an epic on the health when you rest is it two versus three i can't remember uh for a normal slot you get two health or one chi if you're at full health on the epic slot it's three health or one chi right. so but yeah, if you're at full health, just gain some chi, get that level up, get those get those extra cards going. So that's an okay, that's act 1. Correct. Okay? So now we get through act 1 and we're going to flip the board. Now, hold on one second here cuz we're literally going to flip the board cuz we're kind of looking at everything here to make sure that we don't forget anything. Now, if I oh, if I have one complaint about this game, the board, it's it's six segments, and the way it unfolds and rolls is really sort of strange. Like, uh, you got to fold one part, you know, flip one. It just, it flips weird, and the, because yeah. it folds up, where that fold is, it's just the paper, like, on the top of the board. It's it's thin. I'm, it, it feels like it's fragile. Yeah, I, I I have a feeling that there's going to be clear scotch tape on this board at some point mm-hmm. where these th- where these boards starts to come apart. Now, honestly, if they came apart evenly, I could just have the six tiles and not worry about it because they only go together been, a certain way. That might have been the better way to go, but it, it probably looks nice when it's all together. Yeah, uh, but it's it's it it's annoying because it's flimsy mm-hmm. and it's I mean that's flimsy, but it's just if you go to fold it the wrong way, it's going to tear. So. Well, anyway, we're looking at the uh, at now the, we're on the second act of the board, and this is basically the three main levels, the three levels of of now of his fortress of now his de- uh, lair. Yes. Now, depending on now, if you finish on the audacity track, Lopan always starts in the same spot. If you know the movie, he starts in level. There's three levels, like you said, level two. Is in front of the big neon that big arena, the big yeah. neon arena where he's actually performing the wedding, where the big final battle starts. Right, Lopan is there. He cannot move. He has to stay in that spot until you go confront him and fight him. Now, like the other guys, he's got three health, so you have to hit him three consecutive times. But once you hit him three times, he teleports up into. The top level, which is his offices and the and the you know with all the Buddha statues, he teleports up there. Then you have to go after him again. Master, his, you are flesh. Yeah, because that's yeah. You start fighting him in the spirit form, and once you get through that, then you flip the ghost and you fight the low pan that's made flesh. And the low pan that's made flesh, um, he'll attack, and he's much stronger. 
Um, it should be said that they've done a terrific job. Just about every space on the board represents an area that you've seen in the movie. Yes. In fact, like the little details, whoever painted this clearly watched the movie very carefully. I mean, there's little details in every little space in the board. Well, even in the office, in the, the Lopan's offices upstairs, there's like little stuff drawn onto the onto the desks and stuff that do things you, that were on the desk in the movie. Right. No, it's great. Now, They've the bottom been... level, level one, has where the fish come dumping through. It's got the pools. It's got all the little... Other so there's all this stuff. Is the little prison over there? The hell of the upside down scissors. The place where all the ladies were chained up. Yeah, well, the little cages where they got Mar- where Margot and Gracie were where they, they where they sprung them. That's right. Um, but so now, so we flip it over and there's a little card that tells you how to set it up. Low pan always starts on spot. Did, it, did 10. they call it upside down scissors again? I you, think I you did. Always call sinners. It's upside down I, sinners. It's what, it's what I heard the first time I saw the movie, and it stuck. I remember you saying scissors. I'm like, is it scissors? I can't be no, scissors. It's, and it's, you're like, is it? And I'm like, well, no, because no, they're all hung upside down. It's totally sinners. So, <laughs> so now if you complete now, just to give you an example, if I complete on the big trouble track, okay. So how many players are playing? Four players. I put down a spirit path warrior a security guard, a six-shooter, and a guardian. So there's four guys that go down. Mm-hmm. That's if we finish... That's that's the big trouble track. So you just get those four. Now, that doesn't even count. There's other stuff that's going to happen here. Let's get to that. Now, the audacity track, uh, it's two spirit warriors and two six-shooters. Why is that any difference? Well... The security guard has got the ranged attack, so he becomes more dangerous if the big trouble track fails. And the guardian doesn't really attack you. The guardian just finds you, spots you, and spawns other bad guys. Yeah, he he spawns more guys. So it almost becomes a priority to take those things out first. Otherwise, you're going to be dealing with a lot more next turn. Right. Now, the other thing is, so that's just the setup for who's going to be there basically that's the setup no matter what, okay? And it t- Well, four guys, that doesn't seem like a lot. You just said you can kill a lot of them easily. You can, but now here's the problem. We played with four characters, and there are four. So we have five missions. We have the one mission from the Storms, mm-hmm. and then the missions from each of us. When you finish that, uh, when you flip to level two, there's a card for each mission with two sides, complete and incomplete. If you've completed the mission, it tells you where that character starts, um, and they start in different spots, whether they completed the mission or not. So they start off in a worse-off spot if they didn't complete their quest, and you can't complete everybody's quest. So some people got their quest completed, hopefully, and they're in a, they're in a better position because of it, whereas some didn't. Um, if you completed your quest, it's usually a little easier to... Uh, you you get a little bonus. Plus, what you put down there uh, is different. Like, let's just look really quick. Uh, one of Eddie's quests here. If it's complete, you're going to spawn a hatchet man and two six shooters. Um, then there's an effect, all wing Kong, so the hatchetman get an extra attack. And when you defeat those three guys, then... you know, Oh, um, also... Depending on how many players you have, you have to uh, earn keys to unlock the place to get to Lopan. And right, this, is, this right. is a mechanic. So um, if we're playing four players, we're going to have to finish three quests. Now, what happens is the quests are de- the, those five, the five quests that we did. Now, when we get down here, 
oh, look, if I completed the quest, I just got to kill these three guys and I get the key. Mm-hmm. If I didn't complete, complete the quest, Eddie starts in a worse spot. There's worse guys coming out. At the end of each round, more guys spawn. And then you have to go to a certain spot on the board and you have to block their way, which means you have to literally roll up on your turn and spend two spirit dice and a body die. Now, if you can't all do that in one turn, you can spend it, mark that it's spent, but it may take you a couple of turns. And then you have to sit in that spot, which is not a good spot to be. You know, So they give you different things to earn your keys. Once you got those keys unlocked... That's the only you either start off on level three or level one. Nobody's on where David Lopan is until we unlock the level. Right. So you gotta do a whole bunch of fighting just to get to him. And then when you get to him, you gotta fight him. Meanwhile, just remember there are storms running around. Running around trying to kill you. Now they can't switch levels either until you unlock the door or can I can't remember. Maybe they can. I, they might be able to. I don't remember. I don't think so. Well, there are several high level minions that are like fo- running around the arena that generally stay there until i think the the ceremony's over right uh the spirit what are the the spirit warriors the guys the guys yeah, in the, the spirit, spirit warriors be their yeah. swords um but yeah usually at this point like one person or more than one person has kind of singled themselves out as kind of the champion uh-huh and that person is probably going to be dealing with the storm so the rest of you can try and get your quests done now depending on which storm you get if you don't complete the storm quest, basically, so and you're gonna have you're only gonna have one of them in the quest possibilities, but in the second act, all of those cards come into play. Mm-hmm. So if you don't complete the quest, like rain's there, so rain starts there and the get the key by defeating rain. Thunder, if you don't defeat thunder, he's there. Defeat thunder. Now the funny thing is, is lightning. If you don't defeat lightning. It says where he shows up, you don't get a key for defeating Lightning. Because if you remember in the movie, Lopan, the, you, Lightning really wasn't a... He got... Egg Shen kind of zapped him back. He got uh, he got knocked out by Egg Shen's that, that reflective fan. Right. Before the fight really started. Like at the very... One of the very first things that happened, Jack Burton was incapacitated by himself. Right. I mean, uh, Thunder <laughs> got... Thunder... You know, died after Lopan died, but Thunder, remember, was with him the whole time. Right. Lightning didn't really show up again until everybody else was dead. Right. He was the last man standing. So his character gives you no key. He, there's no bonus to getting to him because he was inconsequential before that part of the game. You just dealing with him sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's the other part, though. Oh my God. So uh, if you do complete the quest, they don't they don't spawn, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, but then you have different problems rain the whole bottom level where you guys might be starting off is flooded so you can't move as well so then you have to go to a certain spot and use all of you have roll up your body dice to to block the rain uh to block the water uh if thunder doesn't spawn the because remember thunder exploded Mm -hmm. so you're putting rubble tokens around which means you can't move through those uh if you do have to move through them you lose health because you get hit with Falling debris. Right. And uh, lightning. Um, lightning might be gone, but he didn't go peacefully. Uh, so he messes up a whole bunch of stuff, and now there's lava flowing in the arena. And uh, you basically in that second level, you put a lava token on space number one because they're all numbered. And every turn, 
another lava token goes down as because when he did that lightning stuff, he started melting things. And so there's a lava flow going. And you move into those spots, you take three health anytime you go to one of those spots. Yeah, you never want to walk in lava. No. Pro tip, kids. So second level, you got to defeat the storms or defeat these things. You got to get your keys uh, with 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 now with four players. Mm-hmm. There's going to be seven cards. Your our four quests cards and the three storms. So that's six keys you can get because you don't get a key from lightning. So you got to basically beat three of those. I never thought that key, the, the key part of it was all that. I mean, it's, it's not challenging, that hard. but it's like it's basically it's sort of a it's a series of kind of. Well, once abs- you're in Lopan's Lair, you yeah. still... Well, remember, they spent half the movie in Lopan's Lair. You're it's, still going to have to navigate the it's lair. It's sort of an abstract way of like representing the fact that the heroes don't really know this area that well, and they've got to figure out how to get around in it. Well, well, actually, I think you're forgetting one point that does make it important is I'm wasting turns getting keys because on the big trouble track, if you, don't, uh, if you remember, um, when you're playing with your characters... You start off, I believe, on the ninth spot. What, with four players? Yeah. Uh, seven. Why does it have nine? I don't know. Oh, because you can actually, I think you can move it back. What? You can move it back. So um, with four players, it's on the se- So there's a countdown. Oh, yeah. You've only got a limited number of turns. Yeah. And so with this. Each one, of the, each one of the storms has effectively three or maybe more hit points. Yes. So that means it's going to take multiple actions to defeat them. And so, Lopan is going to take six because he's got three, and then you flip him over to the other three. Well, no, you got to be on level two to defeat the spirit Lopan with three attacks, and, and then, then he teleport. Then you got to go to the third floor to attack him again. So for it's three. A, it, you have to be very efficient with your actions, and all of this is complicated if you had a rough run of it in Act One. If you didn't get yourself to the level that you needed to get, you're going to struggle. And usually one or two characters are beefed up. Somebody has done well. But if it's not your day and you're only a supporting character, you're going to struggle just to get through anybody. So, I mean, it's, uh, you, you never know how you're going to do. So you've really, you're really pushed to the limit to, to accomplish your goals, get the keys, and eventually defeat Lopan. Yeah, so seven turns is the general thing. Now, there, are, like I said, there are things you can do in here in the cards that allow you to move the, to turn back the clock. But with four players, we've got seven turns. Mm-hmm. And with one player, you get four turns. I don't even see how you could do it. I mean, you got a ton of dice, but to get all those keys and do that is crazy. Yeah, I don't know if you have enough actions. I mean, yeah. you've all the dice in the world. You you buzzsaw through whoever you touch, but you may just not have enough actions to to accomplish it all. Yeah, I'm just trying to look. I don't even see where the things go to, to go back. But, you know, whatever it is, you're on a timer. So once we all take our turn and all the minions get their turn, doing that track cuts down. Um, we've we've run out of time. We've had the game over. We're, oh, yeah. just, we're attacking, and we've managed to kill the storms. We get to low pan, and we're beating on him. But... If you don't get there by the game over, he is ascended. And and he's going on to rule the universe from beyond the grave. Or check into a psycho ward, whichever comes first. Huh? Jack! <laughs> I'm supposed to buy this. Um, so, okay, that's the game, yeah. basically. Uh, the artwork is incredible. 
like Christopher said, everything looks like the characters. The models are great. I, I, I cannot find a single fault with the artistic style. I love looking at the pictures of the characters that they've painted. I love the map, both sides. Everything has got fun little details. Like on, uh, on the second act, uh, there's a, if you remember the scene in the movie, as long as you've seen the movie, Jack escapes the prison where light's coming from the floor, a few skeletons. He jumps into a wheelchair, and he ends up running out of control. So if you look at the map, there's actually a well and a hallway where everything is all connected, and there's a little painted picture of a wheelchair, like just little details. Oh, that's right, yeah, because that big spot on the main... and the top center of the it was where they were locked up and there's the door and there's that little hallway yep and there's the wheelchair just hanging there at the end of the well i mean everything is clearly done with a lot of love from the movie so i mean the details are there and it's fun it's a lot of fun um the game itself is a lot of fun to play i like i like feeling as though you're ascending i mean one of the fun things about the movie i think it's most obvious with with wang chi but wang chi starts off and he's he can't even cut the bottle in half because his mind and spirit are south, north yep. and south. But by the end of the movie, he's gravity defying. He's literally he, there's the there's an arch where he runs around it and defies gravity. I mean, he's in the beginning of the movie. They are running away from security guards. They're running away from the lords of death because there's a bunch of them and they're in trouble. At the end, not only is he jumping in that eight second fly and taking on one of the three storms which are basically little demon you know he's he's defeated a demonic elemental but when they do that jump and then they both land and rain kind of looks him up and down like ooh and he gives and gives him a little eyebrow waggle like here's a guy who's running away from teenagers with knives and at the end he's he's eyebrow waggling demons and just like yep I got this now. Like it's, it's it's great, and it's it, but you feel that in the game. That's it in the game. You actually feel that way. Like okay, all right. I couldn't deal with anything at the beginning of the game, but now I'm clearly ready. I'm ready. Right. Um, the other great thing about it is you have to make choices, and one of the things that we notice is because we we try to mix up who we play with, mm-hmm. and just. Just who you play with is going to change up the play style. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things Margot has, and like I said, that big trouble, she came in great when we played. It was like the first turn, the first card we flipped, the wild man showed up. And we were all like weaklings. We didn't have anything going on. And now wild man is going to come in and be like, a ma- it's a major character. It's, and, it's the weakest of the major characters, but that early in the game, in Act 1, no one is ready. Right. No one can deal with them. But Margot has her special ability is the the power, the pen is mightier than the sword. Mm-hmm. So basically, you show up and she's right there, like news crew, basically, about to report. So you can basically, one of the flips, all the minions that spawn, she could be like, nope, none of them spawn this turn. So, so that's huge oh, when yeah. something like that pops up. Everybody's got something. And the way that they interact changes the dynamic of how you want to play the game. You know, wh- who's going to be where? Who's going to be with who? Well, if I'm, a, if I'm in the same spot as another character, we get this bonus. So you that guy always wants to be in a spot. And this other character does this, and this other character does that. And 
So just who you choose to play is going to completely change the dynamic of the game. And I'm only bringing this up because I think the replayability on on this game, we have not explored close to everything yet. No, there are certain cards that we haven't even touched yet. Right. Like we just saw that one. I was like, oh, we haven't played this before. Well, not just those, but I think like there are also like challenge modes. Uh, the the What's the name of the cards that like sort of, I wish I could remember it, but like there, there's a way of really ramping up the challenge level, uh, like a hard mode. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, yeah. So that's like um, the uh, – it's, it's basically your minions. They've got you – go, you flip those over to hard, and suddenly those become worse. Like I said, there's director's cut level. That's it, yeah. And director's cut is just basically – okay, you know you're doing this? Like if you play director's cut, all of your – all of the low pan and all the thunders and stuff, they go from three hit points to four. That's a big deal right there. You know, just having to having to spend one more action to take one more and when you say one more action, it's not like I mean, to get to to pretty much guarantee you're gonna get seven hits on Thunder so that you can take him out instead of having him crush you like an egg. You know, you I've got five dice. I'm using all of them. Like that is my action for that turn. Is I'm gonna be spending to get that many successes to to, to damage him. Half the time, that's everything you've got to do it, and it's got to happen three times. It means you guys have to gang up on him. There's two or three guys in there using almost everything they have to take him down. Well, remember the scene at the very end of the movie. Um, David Lopan had just been killed, and it's just, well, lightning hadn't showed up yet, right? but it's just thunder in the room, and the rest of them all pile up to deal with him alone. Right. I mean, that's what you have to do. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um. Now, crazy insane. Got no brain. Um, now I I bought into this like when they were at Gen Con last year, and it's taken a while to get it. But I went in with the deluxe version. I don't know if they still sell this this way. I don't know how it comes normally, but I did pay. There is some rules if you want to expand to the six. You can play six players. Hmm. Um, there are rules for six players. Uh, basically, most of the rules are all of your enemies are hard enemies because you're getting six full turns. Right. That's like 18 dice worth of stuff. Um, so basically all, I think it's all six of them go to the hard mode. It might only be four of the six, but it's, still, it's a lot of them go, your minions become harder. Um, and then there's other little things that, that, they, that, that get spiced into there to uh, slightly adjust the difficulty level but there is an expansion that i think you could i think you can get it that's for five or six players um now we also bought the deluxe edition let's say you do get tired you've played this so many times there is a whole separate campaign which we haven't even gotten to playing yet that's what i'm talking about that's the thing oh i'm sorry oh i thought you were talking about this how does it make it harder this isn't harder it's actually a different game um you replace the uh, you, you, basically you have a, a a big cardboard little cutout here that on Act One covers up the big trouble track. This goes on the assumption that Lopan has won, and he and he won the game. And what happens is you find some sort of device, and you have to go back in time. Okay, and you go back in time. Um, so you have what's called the hourglass track, which is not very long at all, but it doesn't move forward that much. And 
as you move, you have little there's other quests to finish, and you only have so much time to finish the quest. But it's a whole other quest book where you're going through time in different places, moving back, back, farther back, farther back to defeat Lopan. So the first one, you go back to 1986, and you're just trying to go back and stop him a little bit. But, of course, he's going to get away because that's how this goes. And as you go through, if you complete it, you're great. If not, you're out of time, and then you got to jump to another thing. Then you go back to 1906, big trouble. And you're basically jumping through time, chasing down Lopan, hmm. trying to stop him because you can't. Um, level 3 actually jumped to 2018. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, it's you know far future because the game is being played in 1986. Uh, you jump to 1962. If you get towards the last part, you jump to I think it's 1000 AD because Lopan's yeah one no 1000 BC. That's literally called Big Trouble in Little China, and um, that tells you how, so so talk about replayability. You get a different Lopan card because he's Lopan the Sorcerer, so it doesn't flip. But he's got anywhere from uh, six to seven hit points, a whole bunch of attacks. He looks very different. Oh, cool. But so, yeah, I've played this game, you know, we've played at least a dozen times. And we haven't explored everything you can do in the main game. Um, so we've never even broken out. But it comes with extra hell cards, extra different stuff to play just for this. So, yeah, we got this extra... This whole extra, it's a whole different quest book that we haven't even cracked. So, I mean, this is a game we're going to be playing for a while. And oh, you can I would play think a so, lot. yeah. yeah. Um, and it seems weird because when we first looked it over, it's like, well, we each only have two quests. I mean, eventually we're going to play the quests and play both versions and it's going to you know, get repetitive. But it really hasn't. It really hasn't. Because it depends on who's and it. It's not just whose quest you get; it's what combination. Because there's going to be two out there. Are you going to get Gracie's and Eddie's, or are you going to get Jacks and Margos, or are you going to get one of the Storms and only one of yours? Then, because you know, whoever finishes the Storm quest, whoever's the guy who does that last roll, they're the one who's going to get that bonus. Um, so you could actually wind up with, oh, look, Jack finished his quest and got his thing. And then if Jack's the guy who polishes off the, the, the storm, Jack will have two bonuses, whereas everyone else won't have any bonus. And that could happen to anybody. So it gets really, you know, we actually have sat there and planned, okay, who's going to finish him off? Who needs this bonus the most? We want to give this to someone who it's going to really work for. So, I mean... And that's weird. I know a lot of people don't necessarily like co-op games. I've gotten really into co-op games lately. Well, this would be a real challenge for somebody who doesn't like a co-op game. That's exactly what this. Oh is. yeah, if you don't like co-op games, you're not gonna you know, enjoy. But I guess I used to play with like Paul and Tom and them, and they never loved playing co-op games because they always wanted they always uh, wanted to pound on each other. I think that I think that it's just a different take on how to play. I mean, most people right. want to play the competitive side, but but there are some excellent cooperative games out there. I mean. There are a few, like, Sentinel, Sentinels of the Multiverse was a good example of yep, a really good a gr- co-op game. Yep. This is another one. This is a great one because it, you really are, you're always behind the eight ball. You have to get this stuff done as quick as you can. You're never going to get everything done. Get as much done as you can. And if you get nothing done, you're still flipping to Act 2 and doing your best trying to get. Then it becomes like, it's not even damage control. It's like, uh, how badly can we lose here? You know, like, Yeah. 
Is there a way we can pull something out, or are we just doomed? But it's fun. It's fun to see whether or not at least give the it a train try. comes completely off the tracks. Now there have been a, there was at least one game where we had about two three turns left, and we're like, you know what, we're done. Oh, we, we got slapped. We, we called it. We're there's like we're not even started. We haven't even got enough keys to get to Lopan. We can't beat him. We've lost. It's over. Yeah. But then there's been. I know there was at least one game where we where we came right down. It's like I didn't think we were going to win. But we, won, we won. I think yeah. we, we we had only we were down to one or two turns left, and we pulled it off. Like mm-hmm. you know, because it wasn't a because like I said, you can't die in the game. Oh, by the way, on the Lopan side of the board, the rules are the same. You've got seven turns left. If you die, you get a hell card, and it moves one space closer to game over. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it, you know your character. Not a lot of options to screw up. Yeah, you know you're not going to risk it or let yourself get. You know, I'll stay here and get. You know, let them attack me, and I don't. Who cares? You know, dying in the game just cuts your time to win more. So even though you never really die, and you're always so you're, everyone who's playing is going to be there at the end. It's just you know the better. Once again, you, you're doing poorly. So the timer speeds up on you. Oh, it's just, it's epic. It really, it's got an epic feel to this game. Um, even when the, well, the, of course, the one time Chris, you came over was the one time that everything went against us. I felt so bad. I wanted to win that one really badly because Chris was there and uh, and he was playing, and it was like you know just, that no, first play through it. It was just everything went, went right poorly. off the rails. Yeah. So we're just like, you need to come and play again. This is actually one of this, you know, like we had played like I think four times before he came over. We won every time. And they were close, but we won every game. And then yeah. he showed up and we got raffle stomped. It, it might have been our first time close. playing as four players instead it, of three, it, though. It, it was. There, There is a distinct advantage. Whoever has that companion to make up for the lack of fourth player. Having four dice is a big advantage of over having three. It doesn't sound like much, but it's significant. Right, because it, you actually have one less player. So, I mean, you're actually you're it, losing three dice and one player is gaining one. But you're also not just losing those three dice. You're losing him taking an action, doing things. Right. And it also, well, with four dice, it significantly increases the likelihood you're going to have more epic dice to play with. Right. And that makes a difference. That means that one person can punch through problems that three weak characters or four weak characters can't. True. So it's in, in a way that extra player is kind of a a weakness. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's odd. Well, it depends. I mean, on how it goes. I mean, if 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 he that extra player is not so much a weakness as you're getting no bonuses. Plus, if you're playing when you play with less players, I forgot to mention this. You start a little bit forward on the audacity track, and that's where that's where the real bonuses come in. It's not just the one die. If you start off with three players. You start the audacity track on the fourth spot, which means you're already at five chi. Mm-hmm. So we're already halfway to getting a level, an extra level. When you when you're playing with uh, three players, plus for some reason it's at the two player and the four player level. Two of your six minions go to the harder level. That's true. But at the three player level, they're all normal, and I'm not certain why that is, but. It's a heck of a of a of a difference. I don't think it's one hundred percent balanced by those by those rules. I think it's. A, I do think it's easier with three people than with four. But it's more fun with four. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, we've played with four and done really well. Yeah. Like, we've played with four and done really well, but it, it, it makes it, there is a bit of toughness to it that, that makes things, uh, they can go wonky on you. Uh, I think that's everything. I like think we've more or less covered it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to go into more details on how a lot of these things work, but, and I think the thing that's most confusing, especially over the radio, like, once you see it in action, it makes sense, but it's that rolling your mind, body, and spirit dice and then using them, okay, I'm going to use this as an action to get the actual dice that you use in the game mm-hmm. like as you know for for skill checks and and for fighting and combat you know you you have one set of dice which determines how many and what type of dice you're going to get for the actual doing things it i know it probably came across pretty weird um but i think overall as long Basically, as you don't dislike from, big, from, if you hate Big Trouble in Little China, no, don't don't. If you hate the game, if you hate the movie, then this is going to be a bit of a tall order. But but if you if you like, what the kind movie, of monster are you? <laughs> <laughs> You've made it this far, hating on Big Trouble in Little China. You're a Dingleberry. Yeah, honestly, I. Well, if you're listening to this, go see a Star Wars. Go, if you're listening to this, you probably like if you know no. If you hate Big Trouble in Little China. Then when you read Garage Gamer episode whatever, Big Trouble in Little China. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to listen to this thing. I really hate. Yeah, totally. I would hard pass on that one. Nope. Delete. You know. Good good job there, Cool Breeze. um, If you're lukewarm on Big Trouble or it's just okay, I still think you'd have a lot of fun playing this game. Oh, yeah. No, if you're lukewarm on the movie, you don't care one way or the other. Just find someone who likes the the movie so that their enthusiasm becomes infectious and the game's going to be a lot of fun. Right. Um, of course, if you love Big Trouble, I can't, I can't see you not liking this game, you know? No. Big Trouble is a great movie for gamers, and this is a great game based on a great movie. Yeah. So. So I, I guess that's it. We probably missed stuff. I mean, there's, like I said. There's too much to cover. Yeah. There's just too many. And honestly, I sat down and tried to even, like, set this up on an outline. Yeah. No, it don't, it's. It's complicated. There's so much happening. And it's weird because now that we've played a bunch, it's like second nature. None of it seems difficult at all. But you bring in that new player, and as you're explaining it to them, like halfway through the game, they're still like, okay, wait, so what? My, my di- you lose yourself not exactly knowing how to spend your turns, not knowing exactly w- w- what am I trying to accomplish because the goals aren't set in stone. The quests are the closest you have to goals. Right. And, well, that makes a pretty good goal. But other times you're just there trying to beat up bad guys to gain levels to set yourself up to defeat Lopan later. Which is a bit weird because it's a board game and you have a time limit because of the tracks, but it see it feels so open-ended. I don't want to compare it to like a Skyrim, but you know how when you play certain video games, it's like I can do the main quest and finish mm-hmm. or I can sort of run around and do little side quests and see what things are like. Those little mini quests are like the little you're, side quests. You're grinding. Yeah. And there's times, like you said, I okay, I'm just going to have to kill minions. I can't go yeah, on my main or quest. Or farming. Because, yeah, yeah, it depends on... Yeah, uh, you, you basically... And I've never had that in a board game before. Now, Firefly can be a little bit like that. I well, don't I you haven't played, played that, that one yet, no. But that's what you... You can go around and try to win and, and, and run to different plans and get your missions. 
or you could just sort of shuttle around doing little side jobs and and wasting money and never never fulfill the things you need to win the game. Hmm. Um, yeah, that game could take forever if you don't actually actively try to win it. You can just kind of be playing for a long time. Um, this one you don't have that luxury because. Every turn, you're flipping a big trouble card. You actually wish you had more time to grind. Right. But it's going to... Th- things are going to move on. The, the rug is going to get pulled out from underneath your feet soon. I never know what we're going to do when we play this game. No. Cause That's... We've played it a dozen times. I still don't know what's going to happen. It's like, take the poster for Big Trouble in Little China and basically spin it, and suddenly someone else is the star of this today. Yeah. Or, okay, I'm the star again, but it's a different quest. Or, you know what? Um, you know, and, and it's, it's those stupid big trouble cards. You know, you can look out and get a bunch of twos and ones, and it moves a little bit slowly. But once again, you get a couple of threes in a row, and suddenly you're scrambling. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time you flip that card, it's like, oh, uh, uh, okay, it's, uh, oh. I mean, we did, there was, I mean, it's another three. I hate this stupid game. Oh, where the timer just goes by so fast. Yeah, yeah. And it's the, the, the first half ends so very quickly. I mean, you, you just could, deal with it as best you yeah. can. You hope that you've advanced enough. You can still level up in the second act. It's just things are a lot more streamlined, and there's less time to to get it done. You just you don't have. I mean, it, you needed an incredibly bad shuffle of these cards to get it, but you. Could be done in five turns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Five turns. In fact, you could technically be done in four turns if you really have some bad luck and a couple of characters die. In which case, you'll be lucky if you get a single quest done in that case. So. Yeah, you won't have any of them done. And so then then the second side of the board is going to be chock full and stacked against you, and you're probably going to gonna lose. And those quests, the minor ones and the major ones, aren't around in the second act. You get what you get. Yeah. You're in there with what, yeah, there's, and the only thing that you can do on the second act is you're killing minions, so you're gaining chi. Right, you can still level up and get the abilities that are intrinsic to your character. Like, you've got those four cars on the side, and you can make them epic or get a new one, but hopefully that's enough. Yeah, but you're already, if you're completing missions, you're getting enough chi bonuses and things like that, that that you're getting that off the bat. You know, so there's... It's tantamount to at least get a mission completed, you know, get something going. Yeah. But it's bananas. So I think I think we should stop now because we, we can talk about this game pretty much for the rest of the evening if, if we just keep going. So I'm giving it the huge thumbs up. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, the, the, my only thing is you probably should like Big Trouble a little bit or know somebody who does. Well, if you don't like the movie, I wouldn't necessarily recommend the game. But true. again, what kind of heartless monster are you really? What I think is interesting is this game in, in my, is good enough, in my opinion. Uh, and when I back up that it's good enough, why do you think it's so good? Well, it's so good partially because, um, dude, this is the game that, I mean, we'd only been playing um, Ascendancy, Star Trek Ascendancy. Like, that was the almost the only thing we played. We played like, a lot of it, yeah. When, when we first and got we, it, we'll we figured be again it out. Soon. And we, yeah. Um, this was the game that knocked that out for a week or two. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that, and if you heard our, our ascendancy coverage and how much fun that game is, this is the game that, that, got, that had us pause playing that for a while. 
that that right well, in because itself. we were we were waiting for this to come out for however long oh that's the other thing true yeah yeah, yeah. this and because uh, i yeah i bought that early the only other thing we're waiting for right now is i did kickstart i got two games that i kickstarted uh we're waiting for who goes there okay which is the the thing but the the you know the, the more, old version more to the story than the movie and um and I won't even get the next one until next year, but uh, Trogdor. Oh. <laughs> the Trogdor game. We'll have to try it. We're going to burninate the countryside oh and God. talk about that one. Um, anyway, yeah, definitely recommend it. Guys, give it a try. I think it's a lot of fun. I'd be curious to see what people's reactions are and the kind of stories. This is a great game that allows you to tell stories as you play it. It's like, oh, that's one time. Yeah, I actually became the Demon Bride, and something. the next thing I know, I was the fighter in the group. And Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a game I think that's going to... It, it 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 rewards you for having played it because it it helps you tell interesting stories. I mean, the, anyway, I, I I love it. I think it's a lot of fun. Yep. So uh, that's it. We're gonna wrap this up. Um, sorry, it's taken kind of so long to do a new one, but we've been playing so many games, we haven't had a chance to sit down and, and talk about it. Um, the Gen Con review episode is still coming up, guys. We got that coming up for you on Garage Gamer. Um, Elder Sign. We're gonna do. We're gonna oh, do yeah. uh, Warhammer Champions. You're gonna want to do one for Champions. Definitely. Th- thanks for having me on. By the way, I'm enjoying this. It's a lot of fun. Honestly, um, you know, Alex and I don't play a lot of these other games. We just do the other thing. Um, you're the one guy that we're around playing all the side games with. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have a feeling you're going to be on this show a lot since you're here at the house. If and you, you don't, don't mind. mind. If yeah. you don't mind, as long as the audience doesn't mind, I'm happy to do it. Oh. Um, I don't. I don't know. Unless there's a, a major, well, it's, a major. It's, it's your ratings, my man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so um, yeah. I mean, as long as you don't mind, you're the one I play them with. Heck so as, no. as long as you don't mind being on here, I'm going to have you on as often as I can get you. Because cool. you know, cool. we're, we we it, uh, we that have means fun. I get to play more games, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. we got to try out new things. There's always got to be a new game coming down the pike that we can at least still going to get you to try Twilight Imperium with me. We'll play I, once. At yes. Least. We will play it. I'm just not playing Diplomacy. I don't care. I know, because you're a crybaby. I am. I don't want to play Diplomacy. Your audience wants you to play Diplomacy so you can talk about it. We can have no, a great they don't. garage game. We, we can talk about it right now. I suck at Diplomacy. I've never made it past the start of the third turn. I always get screwed over. I lose a lot. It's far more effort than I want to put into it, and I get very salty. So... I ain't playing. It's a great game. Go play it. Play with your friends. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Have a great time without me because I hate that game. It sucks. Not as much as Scooby-Doo, but it still sucks. Hmm. And it, why does it suck? Because I'm no good at it. That's pretty much it. That's kind of like why almost all sports suck because if I was good at it, I might enjoy it. Not that game. All right, Salty Hammer. That's me, Salt, Salt Hammer. That should be, oh, that's a good name. Someone's going to steal that. That's going to be the new, the newest podcast from the DM registered trademark from Cranky. Some not not from Cranky, but from some gamers who are much more jaded and cranky than I am. We'll come up with Salt Hammer. <laughs> all right, well, all right, folks, we're, we've taken up enough of your time, and so we're going to go because actually we've got it set up. We're probably going to play a game, so we will talk to you later. See you uh, next time on Garage Hammer or here with Christopher on Garage Gaming. Thanks, David. Bye.